0: Welcome to Get Your Swag Back with Steve Clements. This podcast is a brash, barrier-breaking, unapologetic look at the modern male, his masculinity, and the lies he has taught on how to attract, date, and act in relationships with women. We uncover and expose the problems men have in the dating arena, especially after a bad breakup or divorce, and show them how to set their ship straight. We also look into the mind of women and why they may stay with one man versus another unveil the secret language of women, teach you women speak, and the positive traits that women come running to when they see you in the modern masculine man. Make your comeback, take your balls back, and get your swag back. All right, all right, all right, Steve Clemens. I'm back again. And in the studio today, I got a great guy, J.C. Zermenio. He's a mindset coach. He's an entrepreneur he's a man that gets shit done. And I just want to welcome to the studio, JC. Thanks for coming in. I appreciate it.
1: Thanks, Steve. I appreciate you inviting me here and uh I'm excited for this opportunity.
0: All right, buddy. Well, I just want to talk about, I mean, you got a great story and you started out, you know, pretty young and doing all your things and getting your stuff done, your businesses and Give us a little bio of you, how you got started and some of the things you did in life that kind of made you transform into the business person you are today.
1: Okay. So, you know, I guess I wasn't born an entrepreneur. I wasn't the kind of kid that was, you know, going selling stuff, lemonade like that. I was not that person. I was always just trying to change my environment is what I what I like to think of it like coming from a Hispanic background and just living in an area that is known to be probably one of the lowest income areas in the United States, which is in the border with Mexico and South Texas. And I always had this dream of just becoming and doing something else. And, you know, there was a lot of hardship in in that. And uh, one of the ways I tried to escape it was by trying to become a professional soccer player and yeah and I was pretty good at it actually I sucked when I first started but then there was somebody in my close proximity in my family that told me that I sucked Uh (laughs) and it wasn't until that sort of happened that it made me think differently of myself right and I and it challenged me but it helped me grow so much Mm -hmm. it opened my eyes And I did the only thing that you could do is just practice, practice, practice. And so I tried. I tried to practice. I did it. I was very determined to become somebody. I did a lot of good accomplishments at that age of like soccer recognition, like, you know, all these little things. But that dream, so to speak, never came into fruition. And it sort of happened because I wasn't. In the right mindset, or I had already set some limitations for myself and looking back, it's like it wasn't what the game did or what decisions I made it was that I had already said that if i'm not a professional soccer player by the time I was 16 then it's not worth it. Wow 16. Yes, because in Latin America and most of the rest of the world, except for the United States, most people. On, are pretty much in like enrolled by the time they're 10, 12, 14, and they know there are going to be a future. And so there was a limiting belief in me that said that if I'm not a professional by 16, if I don't get scouted by 16 and this and that, like I'm never going to become nobody. And what, like a self-fulfilling prophecy, it became true. Wow. Right. Wow. So, when, so yeah, go ahead. This ex- So this experience kind of, you know, I take it back always to this experience. It's like, yeah, I was really good. Yeah, I had all this opportunity, but why did I quit? And it's because I'd sell myself these limitations. And that's where sort of my mindset started coming in. Right. And so, like I said, I wasn't a board entrepreneur. I was good enough to go to college to play soccer. And then I dropped out of college. Right. And then after that, I said, I could either go to the military, like the rest of our friends, most majority of the people do in our area, or I'm not the smartest kid in the block, but you know, college, like, so I got invited to go to a Midwest college in the middle of America, where I've never been in, Mm -hmm. in Iowa. Okay. I've never seen snow before, (laughs) you know?
0: (laughs) <laughs> Welcome to America, baby.
1: <laughs> Welcome to rural America. Yeah, and... man.
0: Fly over country.
1: Exactly. So I have never been here in, into Iowa, and I'm basically one of maybe a handful of other Hispanic people out there, and i had never seen snow in my life, and just kind of like going towards this challenge of like going somewhere where I've never been, it helped me develop a lot more. You know, I had nobody to depend upon. Uh, I had to work in the cafeteria and the colleges. Mm -hmm. I played soccer. But after a year of sort of going through that struggle, because I had already set that limit in belief when I was a little bit younger, I ended up hating soccer, so to speak. Really? You loved it, right? I loved it. It drove me to it. But then because I had already set that limitation. I didn't want to become a soccer player no more. And I didn't want anything to do with it no more. So I went back, I moved back to South Texas and I said, I cannot live in my parents' house anymore. And I just bounced. I moved to the city, Houston, and I started working three jobs. Wow. Back to back. What did you do? I was waiting tables. I was Going to events and uh, bartending or serving people or or working on retail at the mall here. So right. it was three different shifts and just going back to back seven days a week. Wow. Mm-hmm. Damn. So so this kind of stuff is like okay. At that point in time, you know, I've given up on soccer. I'm going to trying to figure out myself out, and then uh, I started figuring out like what do I need to do. And bartending was one of the things that I like to do because it helped me open up to a lot of people right. it helped me identify <laughs> understand people a little bit more and uh, it gave me a lot of great experiences uh, I bartender for really exclusive parties uh really high-end people right. I you know I went through the mud right and and then at one point I, I had a I had a mentor friend so to speak and uh something really changed my mind there where it was, um, hey, let's walk away from this event. What? We were serving this party of so many people, and I've been doing this for a couple of years now. And he said, I'm just tired of serving people. I want the people to serve me. (laughs) And I said, well, you can't quit. But then he did. He's like, I'm going to walk away. You want to walk away too? and i said you know what you're right my moment shifted there when it's when i said who can i be do i want to be always the person that is serving somebody else right or do i want to be on sitting on the opposite side of that thing right. but so if i continue to continue to do this there's nothing wrong with being a server and doing any of that by right. all means but i had to come to a decision to say like, what do I deserve of me? And so I walked away from that sort of standard that I had and it pushed me to try to develop and do all these other things. Five years down the road, i bartending now, but I'm doing some other, I'm trying to build little businesses here and there or ideas, but nothing comes into fruition, right? right? Because you just don't know, we don't have, I don't have any mentors and that kind of stuff. So I was bartending one day and I got into a really exclusive bar where majority of the people were like a little bit older, so to speak. Right. And I'm like 22, maybe 21. And how did I get in there? Besides it being my looks, it was more of like my charisma. Right. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad you like that. (laughs) And the charisma got me to that point. And right. it was fun and games. I was making so much money. I had a great lifestyle. It was good atmosphere, whatever. But then I saw somebody that was probably about 35 years older, a good looking guy. And I saw him in myself. And I said, is that who I wanna be?
0: Yeah.
1: Is that who I need to, is that who I need to be? Right. Right. And what ended up happening is I got this little bug again and I can't, I have to walk away from this. I ha- I can't be doing this. I can't be 35. I can't be, you know, this or that. And so something happened after that, where I was just going through a lot of crap in my life that wasn't panning out. I wasn't in alignment. There was a lot of things going. I had bought a car It got towed on the weekend. Somebody broke into the window and it was just like, man, can anything worse happen? What else can go wrong? You know, (laughs) this kind of stuff. And and they sure enough, they continue to continue to be more and more things sort of happening to me. Like this went wrong and that. And then they shut off your electricity and this and that. And it was just like, man, this is such a horrible state to be in. Right. Yeah. And so something's got to give. Something's got to change. And at that point in time, I had finally started to read books and I had, I'm not sure which book it was specifically, but there was something that I had read that said the power of repetition
0: right. and
1: subliminal message, auto-suggestion, right? Right, right. and. At first I started off with like, especially when that that circumstances started changing, I started to listen to lyrics or or a, a hypnotic loop that would kept going. And one of the great songs that really stuck with me was Bob Marley and the three little birds.
0: Mm-hmm. You
1: know, the the lyrics go, Don't worry about a thing, cause every little thing is gonna be all right. Right. And I would play this song over and over and over and over until it got so ingrained in my head that it's just like, you know, boom, if something goes wrong, don't worry about it. Boom. I had that little loop played. Okay. And so that's where I started really understanding, like my mindset was driving me sort of speak. Right. 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 And within that same time frame of a week, I ended up going into meeting my wife, you know, wow. at that point in time. And that's where a lot of things changed for me. That's where a lot of things changed for me. I I started attracting quality women, my wife, right? Right. I started developing more things and I started challenging myself a little bit more. And then going back to that uh, mentality of like, what's going to change? I decided I need to change this bartending career. And so I knew that I had to confront my biggest fears. And so I had to go completely opposite of what i'm doing so bartending is fun it's easy it's you know it's it's a cool lifestyle you can do all that stuff so what's completely opposite of that and that to me and this opportunity presented to me was oil and gas uh-huh. and <laughs> wow. working on heights
0: big 180
1: <laughs> huge
0: huge exactly what attracted because you know, I teach a lot of guys about, you know, attracting quality women. What did you do to attract this woman into your life? What did you do different, you think? Because you said you do. I
1: became, I became the quality person. Okay. I became the person. So it's hard to understand, but if there are some natural laws out there, um, I think Bob Proctor is one that explains them very well. Law of attraction, law of vibration, law of uh, polar- you know polarity. Right. So these are natural laws, right? And one of the biggest things in my mindset was that is like, I'm attracting, who am I attracting right now? What am I attracting at that moment? Yeah, I attracted her because I became a different person. I, you know, you have to be a different person and that is going to attract somebody else, you know, not disregarding all the qualities that I did have and just. I just became, and she saw confidence in me. She saw something in me, right? Mm -hmm. And that's probably what it was. So I had to become a different person in order for me to attract a very quality woman.
0: Right. Exactly. Exactly what I preach. In order to attract a quality woman, you have to become a quality man. So let's go. Let's continue on. You went into the oil and gas field from the bartending lifestyle into, I guess, (laughs) the hard-ass working man into the oil and gas. Go, go over that a little bit and what happened.
1: Yeah, definitely. So bartending and manicures went <laughs> along pretty well. <laughs> 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 you know, and, uh, uh, and what ended up happening is like, yeah, going to the oil and gas was, you know, like, man, like actually one of the things that I did was in oil and gas was one of the probably hardest things that I think many people don't do. It's like iron working but on ships. So I was working at heights, but on ships. And it was completely opposite. And uh, working with ropes, I had not even no idea how to tie my shoelaces at that time, you know.
0: Bill <laughs> <laughs> <crochet>, shoes, right? <laughs>
1: <laughs> exactly. So I had to tie, you know, I had to learn how to knot and how to rescue people if there was something uh, that ever wow. went wrong. And I had to learn how to survive in case the the platform sank or so you Go, go through all these elements of survival mm. and what ifs and planning ahead. And, um, and you know, I was like, I was really afraid of heights and I was really not that I was afraid of heights. It was just very challenging.
0: Yeah. You know. Mm.
1: And so I went towards it. And I remember the first day after training, the first day I went to an actual platform. The first task that I had to do was to go all the way to the top of the derrick and the platform. And I had to go check a loading point to test it, to test to see if it was, you know, good or whatever. Cause that's what I did. And I looked down 300 feet below and it's like, wind (laughs) is blowing. The damn thing is moving. I'm on, I'm like, I'm just gonna dangle on one little rope. That's crazy, you know? And I couldn't, I couldn't do it. I, I said, like, I have all this training. Can you? Uh, I had to tell my mentor. I was like, "Can you please show me? Like, if you could show me one time, I could do it." Right, right. So this is what mentorship—what got me into a little bit of mentorship—is like. I have to see somebody else do it so I can get the courage and muster up and do it, and be confident in myself to do it. So you know, oil and gas. I started living that for a couple of years. It was very difficult, not because of the challenge of the type of work, but more difficult because I always in a different country Mm -hmm. two months out of the year uh two months straight you know chatting very limited it's kind of like a little block where you shun yourself from everything else so it's completely opposite of what i was doing being social with a whole bunch of people everybody looking nice to working 12 14 hour days back to back to back and And so that gave me
0: what country you're in singapore or
1: oh right Yeah, that comes a little bit later. So I was was right there. They were sending me to all these different areas. And then I got an opportunity to work for my father-in-law in in Singapore. And I was doing the same thing as well, right? Doing the rope access and rig building and uh, this kind of stuff. So I got a great opportunity of a lifetime to go out there and continue that sort of career. And I ended up saving a lot of money. So I lived in one of the most expensive cities in the world. And... There was a lot of struggle there because also, like, you know, like, I don't know if you know, but in Singapore, it's about three times as expensive as it is here in Texas to buy a car, to live in a house, whatever. So it's very high cost of living, right? So I would have to work at the shipyard sometimes there, and I'm having to ride the train, right, because we only have one car, and I'm having to drive in my suit. And like it's all muddy and oily, and like everybody's just looking at me like all weird. <laughs> Dude, you put yourself in some some situations, Juan. I gotta tell you, it's funny. I did I did put myself in a lot of those situations and learning the culture, understanding the men out there, like how hard it is for them. So, you know, and just mm-hmm. making the most out of it out of those experiences. And so I started going up in ranks. I had to obviously start from the bottom, and then eventually there came a time and point where I had to the well, I got SaaS to go into the office to see if I could help out. And so I helped structure the company, organize the men. I was in charge of about a hundred people. You know, like hey, doing with human resources, operations, and just kind of like making a really uniform structure for fluidity or whatever. So there, it gave me a lot of leadership role. Also going offshore, it gave me a lot of leadership role where Mm -hmm. like, you just, you just never know what's going to happen out there in the middle of the ocean. Wow. So those are just, I just overcame, I had to overcome those obstacles and become somebody who I knew I needed to sort of like work on those weaknesses of mine. And, you know, it, it challenged me. And so I ended up saving a lot of money Mm -hmm. not a lot, but a good amount of money. And once again, it kind of like my mindset was, you have to do something. Like, I know this isn't going to be forever. This is not my, this is not me, so to speak. And what do I need to do? And so I started, you know, I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, investing and this and that. And I was like, cool. So I invested. And I put some money down, right? And I took a huge risk investing. And I invested in back into the industry where I where I knew, which was the bar industry, and it was a great success or whatever. 2016 comes, oil and gas drops. Right. And, you know, you can't control everything that happens externally. So my position sort of had to be dissuaded in order for the company to keep alive or whatever so we came back to texas wow and and at that point in time it's like six years doing oil and gas am i gonna go back into oil and gas or what the hell am i gonna do (laughs) (laughs) now what now what right right now what exactly and from that, that was a super valuable lesson. It's like, it doesn't matter like what is, you know, maybe some people have corporate jobs out there. They've been there forever, but it's like, you can not depend upon the things around there. Like you can only depend upon yourself. Right. And so at that point in time, I uh, there was a quote that I read that is like, you always got to be an owner, never be a minion. Right. And that really stuck with me. That's cool. That really stuck with me. It's yeah. like, man, what do I got to do? So I already had these investments going on here. I invested in a college, lo and behold, I'm a college dropout, you know, <laughs> <laughs> we started up a college. Hey, you want to start a college? Yeah. Let's go for it. You know? <laughs> That's <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's yeah, yeah. Let's go let's, let's start, start a college. college. That's awesome. <laughs> And, you know, I'm not in the education industry at all, but I had some money saved up and I I knew my partner. I trusted him like uh, he's been in education for such a long time. And Mm -hmm. there was a great vision towards it. This I invested when I was in Singapore with him. And then like half a year later, I had to move back to to Texas. So I came back and I was like, I'm not going to oil and gas. What do I need to do? We're looking at the growth of the college at that point in time. We're trying to brand ourselves. And those like, where, where do I sort of fit in sort of like, you know, such a confusing state. And I started noticing that we needed to attract more students and we had to get more people to believe in this concept and this idea. And the way to do that was by marketing. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I had to literally create a role of marketing and just like devour everything I could to just kind of go for it and, And I learned a lot of the marketing strategies that what really worked with my first investment, what had a lot to do with marketing and the mindset of the people running the operations, right? Mm -hmm. And so that was such a powerful lesson. And so, you know, lo and behold, we're year five, six with the college right now, and it's still going strong. We're building up a different, like on another level, and it keeps on growing. In that point in time, you know, I'm still like trying to figure myself out, like what the hell am I doing, right? But-
0: (laughs) Obviously good
1: stuff. (laughs) Facing the challenges.
0: (laughs) Amazing, amazing stuff, man.
1: Head on, head on. And when you start going into doing your own business or being on yourself, like, I started noticing what was working for the college and started building up and I started an agency You know, I was like, man, if I could help my college get up to this and this love, I create a system for the college. I don't have to be there, but I can automate it. I can create a strategy. I can create a system for it. Maybe I could do this for other businesses out there so they could do it. And, you know, I started developing these things, this marketing, this mindset, all sort of started lining up to me where what really is the most important factor to me was the business owner. Right. The the driver of that business mm-hmm. and the mindset of that person. And that's what got me more into coaching, consulting area where it's like marketing is the is amazing. It's going to be great. But if you don't have this core foundation of a mindset, then you're never going to get there. Right. right. And it's because you're the chokehold of this business and you can stop yourself from actually accomplishing what it is that you thought you could accomplish. And so I started noticing these factors and it all and including myself, me starting a business, going into network marketing, Mm. just like learning so many different types of marketing, like telemarketing, network marketing, healthcare marketing. I can even tell you so many types of different marketing uh, angles that I did that it was just like, it'll blow your mind.
0: (laughs) I mean, did you like... What are some of your resources you learned about marketing? Like what was like a major resource or book or whatever guide that you used to really understand it? Necessity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'll do it, right?
1: <laughs> Necessity. We had to come up, we had to come up with bringing more students to the class so what do we have to do we're in the education industry how do you sort of like attract more people when you're competing against unlimited budgets right you know unlimited budgets like these guys like to spend ten thousand dollars a day easy damn and we're over here like just trying to get a fraction of that on a monthly basis or whatever so how do you compete against these kind of things and you start like narrowing down and figuring out what doesn't work, what does work and just narrow, narrow, narrow and focusing on our ideal clients right and the mindset of their like what are their pain, what are they striving towards, right? Mm-hmm. And all these things. So necessity made me sort of going to like looking at this course or looking at this person or hiring a coach or you know, testing it yourself and just screwing it up until you get it right, so sort to of speak. Yeah. And it's just necessity, you know, and business owner plus marketing plus mindset is kind of like what what drove me to sort of like understand and create a formula.
0: That's awesome, man. God, what a what a success story. I mean, I'm I'm thinking of looking back at you as a soccer player who didn't make it at 16, like screw it, you know, went to Iowa, threw yourself into a whole new area of of something you're totally not uh, accommodated to, or, 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 you know, like, you, it's like a whole new world. And then uh, you realize that, Hey, I'm done with soccer. I'm making another move. And you got into that serving. I don't want to be this bartender when I'm 35. Boom. You go other side of the world. So a, a total 180, the oil and the gas. And now you started a college, a college dropout starts. I mean, dude, that blows my mind. It's like, that's awesome. That's what a lot of guys need to do: get out there, experiment, take chances, take risks, and the payoff—not just financially, but mentally—is so big. I mean, yes. that man. That's like, why didn't I do that? You know, I think I damn, I should have been doing something like that. So, give me more stuff on like your coaching or your your marketing company, your consulting. What exactly? you know, do you do for people as far as the mindset? What, what do you do to take them through or like a little process of changing them? I mean, you've been successful in the college. You know, we talked about that. College is rocking, right? I mean, you're doing great with yeah. it. So yes. what, you got into the mindset of the uh, student. You just narrowed it down. And what exactly do you use? Like, you know, Tony Robbins is out there. You know, you, you talked about biopractor. Did you just kind of incorporate everything or just like you had a special system? that you get into the mindset of people?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think at the end of the day, we're all, especially in the marketing and mindset industry, we're all coaches are trying to be Tony Robbins. Uh, mm-hmm. Marketers are trying to be like uh, Tim Ferriss. Right. And so we're always trying to become these other people, but we're not going to become them. And so what worked for them may work for you, but it won't work for everybody. And so you have to, in my limited understanding of how things work, actually work is like, really, like, you have to create your own formula, you have to really understand yourself. And this is the hardest thing that anybody can sort of understand is mastering themselves or mastering who they really are internally. And so all the marketing, all the ideal client attraction, it all ended up going back to the business owner, back to that person, back to the driver who's driving everything, you know? And so I had to create my own formula so other people can create their own formula, so to speak, if that makes sense. Right. Oh, it does. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I got it. So so the mindset uh, and your identity is at the core, at the start of anything is like, what's going to drive you to understand who your ideal client is to understand who, what game you're playing and how to play that game. Yeah. Right? So the formula that I use is know yourself, know your ideal clients and know the game.
0: <laughs> I'm just thinking about when you're talking about that, like I, I always you know, talk about, you know, I put, you see my, my posts sometimes about Bruce Lee, you know, take what's takes from stuff. That works for you, discard the rest, and then just go with that, run with that. And it's so like, you know, he talks about being like water, like, you know, water is fluid, it becomes a teapot, right? Or you pour into a glass, it becomes a glass. But water is a steady power, water is a steady force. I mean, you, you amaze me because I, I mean, you're a 35, I mean, and all you've done, you've taken these bold steps to really go outside your comfort zone. And really explode as far as in your mind as well. Your mindset has exploded. Plus, of course, you've reaped the benefits of that. But I mean, I just I just love talking to you, man, because it just it, it blows my mind. You know. So right now, you're working on the college and you're starting your consulting business and your mindset coach. What what do you see yourself maybe five years down the road? You see yourself as like a Tony Robbins, or I love the fact that you like you say people want to be like Tim Ferriss or Tony Robbins, but you got to find what works for you and incorporate yeah. your own in person. Where do you see yourself yeah. five or 10 years down the road?
1: You know, five years down the road, the college is uh, multinational. We have different locations, it's scaled, it's on automatic. Either we've done an exit strategy and we've gotten something like on a royalty starter basis. And I'm able to keep consulting more people on what it is that they do and keep investing in different areas to kind of like expand my reach. So I'm still helping people. I'm still consulting people. I'm still inspiring people. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm still helping them build their businesses, so to speak. And I'm probably living in a different country, but also having residing here as well. So I could have that flexibility to come in and out, do all these different types of things. But at the end of the day, like I always wanna contribute back to society. And I think the mental health or how people see themselves is super, super important, especially right now, how everything has sort of like forced this challenge upon all of us to sort of transform, adapt, and renovate how we sort of see things, right? And at the end of the day, like if we want, I go back to the person, the individual, like if that person can inspire somebody else, if I can inspire that person, that person can inspire somebody else, then I've sort of created a little legacy there to to keep evolving the human mind to become a little bit better and just believing in themselves, you know, no matter what. We all have the capacity to become much more. But at the end of the day, it just sort of falls back on our belief of who we are and what we can do and what we're capable of.
0: Yeah. So the guys out there suffering in like the loss of a divorce or a bad breakup, and they're they are low. And they want to transform. And the way I talk to guys is the way you attract like that quality woman is you got to transform yourself. What would you say to these guys who are like hurting in pain? And they feels so stuck. What, can they, what would be a great thing to do for them to get moving, to get out of the rut?
1: Will great. We- what I believe here is that pain and emotions are such a driving factor to it. And they're like little temp checks, like a fever, so to speak. It's like warning you of something. So fever is not a bad thing because if you didn't have a fever, you'd probably die. Right. Mm -hmm. And because your body wouldn't be able to realize that or capture that. And so these temp checks of like feeling that pain in that divorce or feeling some sort of a loss and that to use that pain to turn that pain into into something positive. Right. To make it pull you towards it. Like, what is the pain of that lesson that of that divorce or of that loss or of whatever you want to call it? That negative situation and turn it into a positive one, and that's what's you gotta. But you have to face it head on. There's no other way. And how I like to call it is just turn shit into sugar. You know, basically, we all have the possibility to to turn negative situations into positive ones if we decide that we can do it. It brings upon an opportunity to say, well. This can continue to go on as is, or I make a change right here and I go the better, but it comes to a decision and the person has to make that decision and never look back.
0: Right. Amen. Amen. Walk away, never look back. That's that's awesome. What are some of the best like information or books you read that really kind of transformed you from getting out of a really like bad situation And turn, like you say, that shit to sugar.
1: Yeah, honestly, I think because it's looking at it from this perspective, Psycho-Cybernetics by Maxwell Maltz is going to be one of the best books that people can do that if they do the exercises. A lot of people will read the book, but they won't do the exercises. And it's such a great lesson to understand. And there's so many tools in there that you can apply and it can literally change your life like that if you were to apply it. So psycho cybernetics is probably one I would recommend to a lot of people.
0: That's awesome. That's awesome. Now getting started in a business like a college, you said you had a mentor, like you got you had a guy, you know, are a visual learner, right? You you got you need somebody to show you what to do and what that. Getting into a business or starting something new, like changing a career like you did. What would you suggest or what would you recommend to guys to say, hey, I mean how do I make that leap or what do I have to do? Do I just really just make that jump or should I go like for training and kind of dip my, you know, my toe in the water? You know, what, what do you suggest is the best method Would it just kind of like staying where you're at and working on your side hustle or just say, Hey, make that full jump and jump right in. you think guys are like, sure. Considering that?
1: So, yeah, this is, and I think everybody should take it upon context because it depends on the situation that they're on. So a lot of us are going to be forced to make a decision and never look back. And a lot of us are going to be like comfortable and we're trying to do something else. And we're going to try to, you know, build something bigger. But at any sort of point, it's like you got to test to fail and either you could do it on your own. Just, you know, learn, devour, apply, learn, devour, apply. Or you can hire a mentor, somebody who's done what you're specifically looking for to do, and they could accelerate the process. Obviously, it's on you to make your decision, to make a a good decision, to see like if that person has the right qualities, the right fit, the right program, the right structure that can mentor you to get there. Because like, you know, you could avoid those five, 10 years of apprenticeship that it takes to master something. And, or you can like, you make that calculation on your own. So look at somebody who's doing what you want to do and that could help you get the results that you are looking for, or you, we all have the capacity to do whatever it is that you do. All that information's right there on the internet. There's a plethora of information out there that you could right. do if you could just focus and zone in, Right. but you have to know who you are at the end of the day and where you want to go. And so, you know, I'm here, I want to go there. And a lot of people don't even know that where they are and they don't even know where they want to go.
0: Yeah. And that's your specialty. That's it. That's right. All right. Let me just go fast and furious five right here. So your favorite book, most inspiring book was Psycho-Cybernetics by Maxwell Maltz. Who's like the most inspirational person in your life? Like who made the biggest, like, you know, this is the guy that really turned it around for me or this person? My brother. Awesome. Yeah.
1: My brother, because he suffers with a a condition, a genetic condition, and basically this guy had to survive. He said they weren't going to make it past 18. His health started deteriorating by the time I was 21, 22, 23. He had to wear oxygen. He was having to, like, you know, shun himself from the rest of life he was basically almost giving up and he, you know, like there was no hope, so to speak. He had to wait on double lung transplant at the age of 29 to see if something were to happen. And like, he had no choice but to sort of believe in that, that he could overcome it. And so I've seen those struggles with my family, like having to take him to the doctor all the time. And so, you know, like, hey, like, we're all just trying to survive and live. So like, it motivates me. He inspires me because like, it could have happened to me, so to speak. Right. That could have been me. And right. what would I have done? What would I have done if that would have happened to me? What would have my mindset been like? You know, I don't know. And uh, I wish I could say I could have been as strong as him, but I don't know. Wow.
0: Awesome, man. What's been the biggest turning point in your life? The biggest say strongest event that made you just make that one eighty and transform your life.
1: <laughs> there's definitely been plenty of them. yeah, I think the biggest um, turning point was when nobody else believes in you, but you have the point to muster up the courage to believe in yourself, no matter what. Mm-hmm. And at one point in my life, and several times in my life, that's has that has been the occurrence. And I go, always go back to that point where it's like people don't, they don't agree with me or they don't see it. Or, you know, maybe you talk too much or whatever. You're just a dreamer, you know, get out of right. the clouds, but it always comes back to that point of like
0: belief. Right. Belief in yourself. Yeah. Following that gut, right? Always. Awesome. The best advice you can give to guys who want to attract <laughs> a quality woman like you have in your life, and you do have a quality woman, I got to tell you fellas, he's a beautiful wife. But what is the biggest thing you think is the best thing to attract that quality woman?
1: Yeah, it goes back to being that quality person yourself, you know, either A, have a lot of money, <laughs> right? Have a of amount of money. Uh, that's just the truth, you know? You're gonna see a lot of confident men out there. They're not attractive, but they right. have, they have those resources. Then, what do women want? They want safety, right? They want this or that, and they also want the confidence in the man. So it's like, who do you need to be to attract that person? So it always goes back to who do you need to be, and maybe you coach this on your side of things. It's like, what is the quality woman that you are trying to attract? What are those qualities, and then match them or surpass them so you can get that
0: exactly. I always say that you. Know, the qualities you want in your woman is what the qualities you need to have. You need to have in yourself. That's what will attract. Yeah. And the strength. you guy might have not might not be good looking, but if the guy's driven, he's got a purpose, he's got a mission in life. That's very attractive to women. They look for that. They yearn for that. And in the yeah. And most uh, the, women. The most like inspiring like movie you've ever. Or the, what like? Damn, I love this movie. I could watch it twenty times. What's like your your movie?
1: Oh, man, The Count of Monte Cristo. Oh, really? Yes. The Count of Monte Cristo is basically about overcoming obstacles and of being in a prison for, you know, out of like being sent out because of jealousy or because this person had a good quality and you're trying to do good. Like this is I guess this is where my motto comes in, because I feel like I'm a good guy. I really try to do good in this world. I try to help other people, but sometimes being too good is not going to always work in your favor, right? And so it isn't until you're forced upon these circumstances, you go to jail, you have to make the escape and you come back to a life and the life isn't like what you wanted, but then you found this treasure, this amount of treasure And you become this other person and you create this new identity and this person controls it all. But it's like you're always driven by love at the end of the day. And love for yourself is the most one of the most important things. Exactly, man. That's
0: awesome stuff, man. All right, J.C., give us your information, man. Give us a website and how people can contact you.
1: Yeah, right now I think people can contact me just by going to my Facebook personal page and you can set up a link to chat with me and we book a time right there. I do have other websites and you could probably find them on my Facebook page right there. It would just be the easiest, most direct
0: way for me, for you to approach me. All right, man. That's awesome stuff. I can't thank you enough for taking time out in your day to uh, spend with me and, and just helping a lot of guys out there who need that type of, Direction and that mindset—that what—that is so important. That's what I'm learning as well. Appreciate you, brother. Thanks for coming on. Take Thank care. Thank you so much. My plug man. Thank you so much. All right, guys, you heard it. That's JC's Z- Zeminot. I'm sorry, buddy. Say your last name again. <laughs> JC Armenio. Oh man, that's beautiful how you said <laughs> Hey, <laughs> listen, guys. My my goal is to help 300 million guys worldwide to make their comeback, take their balls back, and get their swag back. And remember, guys, it ain't over till they're patting you on the face with a shovel. Steve Clements signing off. I'll see you next time. Thank you for tuning in to Get Your Swag Back podcast with Steve Clements. And if you like this shit, please subscribe, rate, and review it on your favorite podcast platform. Also, if you know anyone that may need to hear this podcast, which is 90% of the men in the world, send them my way. Please send us your feedback, questions, and comments to swagbackdoc at gmail.com. I love reading hate mail. Thanks for listening, and fellas, take your balls back and get your swag back. See you next podcast.